Join the conversation on Cape Talk. Now, if you have been trying to cancel your TV license without success, this week's Consumer Talk is for you. We have been speaking about this problem for as long as I have been on air. Wendy Nola, welcome back. Always <laughs> lovely to have you with us. How difficult it is to extricate yourself from the clutches of the SABC. Yeah, in a word, very. <laughs> um, you may recall that uh, towards the end of November last year, we spoke about this vexing issue. How to successfully cancel your TV license. That is in a way that the SABC deems to be acceptable. So many people have just sent an email to the SABC informing them of their intention to cancel their TV license and then heard nothing back. So thought, well, that's it's done. done. Yeah. And then sometime later, they receive a demand for payment plus arrears from the corporation's attorneys. Often it's family members of those who've died or emigrated who are left trying to break free or break them free from the SABC's clutches on their behalf. And as we said last week, briefly, there are those, um, and they're quite vocal on on social media, who've just decided that they are going to pay the annual fee of 265 Rand, despite having long parted ways with the TV in question Mm. and the home it used to be in, um, because they regard it as a fair price to pay once a year for not having to deal with the SABC or its debt collectors and to avoid blacklisting. And as I said last week, Wendy, it's a terribly defeatist thing to do, but you can totally understand how a customer gets to that point of just going... It's not worth the effort. I'll just pay it and be done with it. But it is defeatist and customers shouldn't have to go to those lengths to, 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 do, to get out of this. So Exactly. Remind us what happened last time. I mean, we, as you said, we spoke about this in November last year. You did reach out to the SABC to try and get some clarity on yes. what exactly do you want us to do? Uh, it, and yeah. it was quite difficult, to I remember. It left me in quite a predicament, yeah. Pippa, if you recall, because I gave um, ample time for a response. Um, I'd asked for exact detail on how yeah. you cancel a TV license with you know whatever your your various scenarios are. So you've separated from your partner and you've moved on, you've immigrated, you've sold your TV set or you've donated it to somebody. It was stolen, it was repossessed, whatever. There are legion so of many reasons. reasons yeah. um, and I really was just looking for explicit detail because that's what people need and cannot find on the TV license website under FAQ. It's, yeah. you know, it's digitally, dense. there's yeah. no there's no limit to the amount of information you could put on there and no it's limit to there. the number of times that you can change it. This is not a published book or pamphlet, right? You yeah. think the, the modern era and digital communication lends itself to be as um, detailed and as up-to-date as can be, but no. And to cover as many scenarios. It, so that's like, what oh, I'm saying. we've not had this one before, yes. let's add that to the list. Exactly. Yeah, not in, happening. The, in everyone's best interest. But anyway, so what happened was... By the time we went to air with that November show, I had been bounced around between various people in various divisions, but I hadn't received a response um, to my questions. I had also, I'd said, please answer these questions, and we invite somebody to come and join, come and join us on air. And um, 20 minutes before we went on air, the manager of media relations emailed me to say that the head of TV licenses was available the following day. So I pointed, I only saw that actually after the show, I think, mm. um, and I, at which time I pointed out that it was a day too late and suggested that uh, the head of TV licenses join us on air the following Wednesday to do a follow-up to that show, which we had to go ahead with anyway and air everybody's issues because yeah. it was, you know, we were, it was among the things we covered. Um, and the response I got from him was, apologies for the mix-up, we'll revert ASAP, that didn't happen, so I sent another email 
And I still never got a response. And I must confess, um, it's a terrible confession, but I was worn out, you, worn won. down. They, they won. SABC won, Wendy okay. Nola, zero. Um, and I moved on to other pressing issues of which there's no shortage. Yeah. But then a fresh complaint more recently from a different listener reminded us that this was an issue we'd never actually fully resolved. So we went back, Wendy picked up the cudgels again, and you took up the battle on behalf of Rochelle. Just briefly remind us what Rochelle told you. Rochelle's email was was very short and not so sweet. My best friend recently immigrated and has all the documentation confirming her cancellation, but is still being asked to pay the license. Any suggestions? Contacts I can use to try and get this sorted out once and for all. Call centers have been contacted, emails sent, and yet still the notice for payment still arrives. Sigh, which I think that last word sums it all up. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the most consumer-friendly thing, as, as you said, for the SAPC to do would be to pop on its website a really comprehensive list of FAQs covering every possible TV license cancellation scenario and exactly how someone can go about um well, what's submitting that yeah. that cancellation, um, how to present it, where to send it, etc. But it's not what they've done. In a recent report published in my broadband, a staff writer summed it up by saying, my experience showed that it is basically impossible to follow the government's suggestions and receive assistance from the SABC to cancel a TV license. Um so you so, went back to them, Wendy. Yes. Okay, so the scenario, as, as people are telling us, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried again. Nothing seems to work. What can we do? You went back to the media division of the SABC and said to them, you know, we've looked at the website, we've looked at the frequently asked questions. There is not the kind of clarity that we are needing um, and and what to do. So And big gaps. Yeah. Yes, I also wanted to know um, if a TV license holder <laughs> sends the SABC notification of of changes of ownership or you know cancellation of of intention to cancel the um, TV license, if it's sent to the wrong email address or the wrong platform, when it doesn't contain all the necessary document documentation, does the SABC notify them of this or simply? just hand them over for collection, having deemed the license fee to still be payable because they didn't accept the form, the content of the cancellation, which mm. I think is a very important question. So they, they, I did get an answer. Um, so also the site instructs license holders to inform the SABC of their change circumstances via, and I'm quoting, a prescribed form in brackets affidavit, but they don't say where to find that form or better still provide a link to it. Right, which, which would be, be the, the easiest thing, thing and the easiest mm. which digital um, uh, platforms allow. And I asked why not. Um, and then another example of let's make this as hard as possible is on the website under cancellation. They write all notices to the SABC must be in writing and addressed to the manager, television licenses, private banks, so and so, Auckland Park, or by free post. Or by fax stroke fax email to the number stroke addresses on the SABC TV license correspondence. Now, I mean, a fax in twenty twenty two. They want a fax. And if and if there's an email, put it there. Don't don't say look on the look form. on the letter. Put it on the website. Put it this way. People are going to look for information. It's just. It can only be deliberately obstructionist. I'm sorry. It, yeah, it's it, the most can't, basic communication. Um, uh, and it, that must have been there oversight. for 30 yeah. years, that particular, um, I, I would imagine. Anyway, 
Um, okay, so you put all of that to them, saying, yes. "Just long story short, how does it? How do you do it? Where do we find the information?" You did get a response, Wendy, but what? not the kind of clarity you were hoping no, for. No, so it, it, for starters, the, the attachment was addressed. Um, to Wendy Fowler, which was not <laughs> encouraging. Okay. It's actually not. You would be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, people call me that. Um, and so here's what I can share as a result of all of that. The SABC says it doesn't cover all the cancellation scenarios on the website, FAQs, because there are too many to mention. Really? <sighs> really? Really? On a website, digital website. Um, license holders who submit cancellations will be provided with the necessary information in relation to the specific reason for cancelling a TV license. How? Yes. How? They're saying, well, presumably they will respond. But, I mean, that creates more work for everybody. You know, it's and it's nonsensical. nonsensical. Yes. It's just nonsensical. Exactly. Okay. Um, as to whether they respond, if the cancellation and the way it was written and the information it provided and the platform it was sent to, if it doesn't tick the boxes... Will they consider the license to be uncancelled? In other words, still valid, or will and, and hand them over if they don't pay? The answer to that was the SABC responds adequately to cancellation requests by providing the license holder with the necessary requirements for cancellation or additional information that is still required. Should the license holder not respond, the account is not cancelled mm. and the debt remains outstanding. As for the mystery prescribed form, I said, what is that exactly and where can I find it? The FAQ states prescribed form in brackets affidavit. This is a clear indication that an affidavit is required to cancel a TV license account. I promise you. It, 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 I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's quite unfathomable communication. Wendy, long story short, though, we have managed to get our hands on yes. a copy of the actual yes. structured so the affidavit that they recommend. To, to, to quote them. To, for, the, for the record, the form is obtainable from the SABC upon request and can be accessed from the TV licenses regulations and the Government Gazette of 2004. I mean, how ridiculous. So instead, instead of just of putting, putting giving a link it to on me. your own page, you and send us to the me, Government Gazette. Or giving me the link, or, you know, as I've, cause I've asked for it and I've been quite dogged about it. Um, however, the SABC does accept a commissioned affidavit which provides the necessary information to cancel an account. And the thing about the, the, their own form, though, is that you don't have to have any guesswork around it. That form will tell you the information they require. So you know you're not going... um, Right. Anyway, they don't see fit to put it on their site, as we've said. So I... um I went to them and said, look, in 2015, seven years ago, Business Tech published a story about it being impossible to cancel your TV license. And they've said, um, they actually said that you need a signed affidavit, not just any affidavit, one specifically from the SABC, which they've now, because they did say to me, a, a signed affidavit is acceptable. So just a, okay, it doesn't but have to be there. Anyway, they published anymore. the form, which I shared with you, and I've got it. If anyone wants it, we can maybe put it on the podcast, but I have it. And I said to them, is any information in the business tech story of seven years ago incorrect? They've said no, and they've confirmed that that is the form. So I think that's the easiest thing to do is okay. to go by their prescribed form. Um, and you can email it to info at sabc.co.za. Okay, so we've got a copy of this form. So we I have do. saved it to my computer. If anybody wants it, you're welcome I've to also email me that. on pippah at capetalk.co.za and I'll send it to you. Wendy, I mean, the kind of information it's asking for, it's I... So and so do hereby make oath and solemnly declare that I've not been in possession of my TV set since and you need yes. to give the date. And then there's a, 
facility to explain whether it was sold, donated, given away, stolen, permanently out of order, etc. Signature of the license holder, um, etc. So and sworn and stamped by the relevant commissioner of oath. So it is the form that they have said is adequate, which is the yes. most important thing. So I think okay. that's the, the best thing to do. Others. Um, such as Andy of Musenberg, have gone it alone and eventually got it right. She, after our show last week, when we mentioned we'd be doing this, going into more detail this week, she said um, that she she used her own affidavit and um, she wrote this serve to confirm that I, and she gave her full name, TV license, am no longer in possession of a TV set and therefore no longer liable for a license. The last TV set I purchased was in 2001. It was a tube TV and therefore no longer usable due to digital migration. I've disposed of it and will not be disposed uh, replacing it, she still continues to get their final notice. Oh. Their first notice is always the final notice, and then you just get a succession of final notices yeah. after that. Um, and finally, after I think she said it was six months, yes, after six months of this, she received confirmation that her TV license account had finally been cancelled and closed. So importantly, she had that. She submitted the affidavit when they carried on sending her notices. She, she replied attaching that yes. affidavit, saying, "Please see the attached." Yes. And she kept on doing that for another six months before finally she received a notice that it was cancelled. Somebody else's WhatsApp to say, I needed a police stamped affidavit to cancel my TV licence. It seemed to work. I eventually got a confirmation letter from the SABC. Yes, I think she... Um, she um, Andy did go to the police yeah. station and do all that. Um, I just think it... it, it, it um, I would be more comfortable doing it with the form that the SABC itself drew up. Um, yeah, because then I'd know I'm giving them all the information that they want. And as you said, I mean, just absolute communication 101, Wendy, that surely your starting point is attached. Well, here with is the link to the template and form we, to use. we can surmise yeah. as to why they don't do that. Well, exactly. And the yeah. fact that they haven't done it is because they don't want you to be <laughs> exactly. able to stick, is, is the bottom line. Thank you. Anna also saying, I had to provide them with an, with an affidavit certified by a commission of oaths that I no longer owned a TV set and that all previous TV sets were broken and disposed of. I received an email confirming my license was cancelled and I no longer am required to subscribe. Okay, so that's Anna, Andy and one other saying that it worked. Um, here's somebody saying, my father-in-law cancelled the TV license in my wife's name in 2010, still got claims to them via SMS. We have a license in our married capacity. The lawyer says ignore it as their claim would not hold up in court, which is one strategy to simply just throw it in the bin. But of course, that has potential ramifications There's if that choose to hand you over. Thing. And, yeah. and we talk about prescription a lot on this show. Well, um, this normal doesn't debts, prescribe. It does yeah. prescribe, but after 30 years. Oh, 30 years. <laughs> so your normal okay. retail debts are three years. State-related debts, including TV license debt, is, is only prescribes after 30 years. It's a long time for them to make your life uncomfortable. And it's just that, that constant niggle of, yes, I mean, nobody exactly. likes receiving that document. Exactly. You know, you're, for money that you know you don't, don't, mm. uh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so uh, one, I've <laughs> already got three requests for the form coming through <laughs> in my email box. Michelle, Neil, and uh, um, Tracy, I will reply after the show today. I promise I will get it to you. I have got it saved and uh, uh, we'll get the form through to you and anybody else who wants it. Okay, um, yeah, either we, the, you can go to the Government Gazette. I can give yes, you the Gazette yeah. number if you want it, but um, easier still to just to email me and I'll send it through to yes. you. Okay, and we will, well, I've asked you. my producer to please post it along with the podcast that of today's segment great, be great. as well. Okay, my service extraordinary okay it's going to be a long <laughs> evening replying to mails i can see okay um so that's where we are with the tv license scenario um wendy somebody's saying please can you do a show about having the same problem cancelling accounts with telcom that's another one we've, uh, can, we've we covered have in the done past. that and yeah um at, uh, i can just i can i'm gonna have the same problem as you but i do have an excellent 
um, media liaison contact uh, at Telcom who um, very quickly jumps onto uh, cases that I send his way, and um, if there's a, you know if things if there there is a legitimate um, issue around cancellation, it's handled very quickly. Okay. Um, I can't promise I'll, I'll um, attend to everyone, but if you write me and you put in capital letters telecom account cancellation um, which will attract my my attention and my very overburdened inbox I, um, I will do my best to just send that on but please um, do remember to include your number and the dates and a little bit of information um, without that detail it's it means I have to write to back out. to you and it really um, lessens your chances of me um, seeing the return email and being able to get an email together off to, to my contact and getting the result that you want. Okay, so before you hit send, think for a second, stop for a second and think what information would Wendy need in order to be able to follow up on this with Telcom and yeah. put it all in that mail Please. one time. Just to give you another example, we had somebody send us a uh, a case a week or two ago which came in about seven separate emails. Oh, and that's quite normal and I just... <laughs> it's it's just, you know, the difference is if all of that information had been in a single mail, Wendy could look at it and go, yes, I know exactly what to do with it, forward to the relevant person with a one line saying, please address this problem. And also... And it's done in half an hour. I don't have yeah. any admin help and I know why people do that because it's too much effort to to compile and, and, and curate an email with everything in, in that one email. But it's expecting me to do it because yeah. I just I don't get to just forward these things off in seven di- or twenty different things to my contacts and the various organisations that say sort this out. Yeah, I've got to make the story, curate it all, create a document that they can work off. And so I, I for those that do it for me, um, I'm afraid just <laughs> I respect them and their chances of me. You know, uh, devoting time to dealing with that issue are, are, are greatly increased. Yeah. Okay. So it's in your own best interest to just take that little bit of time to compile it all into a single comprehensive email. It exponentially increases the chances of Wendy being able to deal with it on the spot. So just keep that in mind, please. Uh, here's another WhatsApp saying, I owe the SABC over 13,000 wow. rand even after I sent them an email when I left the country. Um, so, okay. Please yeah. send that to me with the details and I'll try and get it sorted out. That's a lot of money and it's only going to increase if it's not handled. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. So, Wendy, whoever sent that WhatsApp, please, please send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Put TV license 13,000 rand in the subject line so she knows to keep an eye out for it. And uh, make sure that your license number, etc., all the relevant info is in there and we'll see if we can get one sorted out for you. All right. Um Okay, we have a couple of minutes in hand before we go to the news. Wendy, um, the post office, I think, is going to take us longer than the three minutes we have in hand. Yes. Maybe let's just quickly dispense with a very interesting email that came in from our listener, Glenn, Glenn. this week. Yes, okay. Who, who wrote to me to say, I recently bought a brand new prepaid Vodacom SIM card. It was still sealed in its packaging. And when I inserted it into my new cell phone, lo and behold, I immediately started receiving what I perceived to be telemarketing calls. How is this even possible? I haven't used the phone yet. Is Vodacom selling my information to these companies? Is this even legal? Where do you have an explanation yes, for Glenn? Yes, this is one that comes up quite often and it's not exclusive to, to Vodacom. I get it with um, MTN as well. Um, it's not that the companies are selling your, your details. What's happening is that um, in order to maximize the limited number of available numbers and as a directive from ICASA, the networks have to um, basically what they do is recycle um, SIM cards. So yeah. if someone hasn't used their number for a while um, uh, or you know they, they've taken the number away for non-payment or whatever, they, they will then put those numbers back into circulation. Um, so when I took up a similar case with Vodacom not that long ago, I was told 
Um, our prepaid activ- activity rule states that subscribers will be deleted after 100 and for that four months, basically. Um, I think MTN is three months okay. of non-usage. Um, so that's if you're a user, that, a warning about losing your number. And mm-hmm. on the other hand, um, the SIM card is then locked seven seven days prior to the deletion and a warning SMS is sent and then they take your number away. Um, they change Customers change numbers for different reasons, um, not wanting to, dodging their debt, their creditors for one thing, um, many different reasons. Um, and um, uh, trying to praise you this, I've been run out of time. Um, um, the reasons vary and cannot be necessarily linked to unwanted subscription services as customers have the right to unsubscribe to unwanted services. Um, customers, so basically, if you inherit a cell phone, uh, a SIM, and you're getting these telemarketing calls or SMSs or anything that shouldn't rightfully be coming to you, um, but specifically um, unwanted spam, customers have access to a self-service control system, this is Vodacom, that enables them to block their SIMs for all WASP and other content services. Customers need to dial and there's a number here um, which we can possibly include in can we include it in the podcast because I don't know if listeners are going to have pen and paper Paper at hand but if you if you google it as well if you google um, Vodacom uh, stop uh, stop uh, wasps W-A-S-P-S should come up but um or you can email me about the information, but that's what you should immediately do if you get a new SIM is to do that. Is to and put that block in place. Is to put that block yeah. in place on that on that SIM. Um, although Vodacom does warn, it's important for customers to note that when blocking contact services through the hash one one seven, sorry, star one one seven hashtag USSD string, they will automatically be blocked and unsubscribed from all content subscriptions, including the. Um, charge to bill subscriptions such as Showmac, Netflix, Netflix, Spotify, and Xbox, and that's how they catch you. Because you, yeah, if you want to Having use those that, services that you, you yes. want to opt in for, yes, you've got to accept that uh, you can't block yourself from the unwanted stuff, which doesn't seem like a reasonable solution for the customer. But okay, Glenn, thank you for raising the issue. And yes, so the answer is that it is a recycled SIM card you, and that you are inheriting... It's, it's not your details that were given away. It was it the was previous, the owner previous owners card. and you just now have inherited that number. And so this, the stuff that you don't want and presumably they didn't want either... I have to go through all the grunt work of opting yeah. out of all of it individually. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that feedback. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. All right, well, from difficulties dealing with one state-owned enterprise (laughs) to another, imagine this. Imagine having a parcel sent to you from overseas. So it survives all of the hiccups and all of the delays which we know are prevalent in the current international shipping world. It makes it across the sea. It clears through customs. It makes it all the way to your local post office. And then there it sits behind locked doors because your post office branch hasn't paid the rent. And if you think I'm making that up, think again. It is the exact experience that a listener endured, a small business owner who shared her story with us who really needed that parcel. And she sat looking through the glass doors of her post office (laughs) at her parcel, which was locked and out of reach. Wendy, she's not alone. You looked into this to find out how many branches were in the same predicament and you found out more than you expected to. I did indeed, Pippa. And I've spoken to more than one people who found themselves in this situation, some with business parcels, some with personal parcels. um, And the frustration that that leads to so 
It's no secret that the post office is in very deep trouble, financial trouble that is. Um, The South African Post Office's annual report for the year ended March 2020 already revealed that it had incurred losses of 1.8 billion rand. Responding in a written parliamentary Q&A, the post office said that most of the post offices which had been shut down uh, that was due to unprofitability as well as criminality. So, for example, due to a vagrancy problem in Fivwood Park, Alberton, mail is reportedly now being redirected to um, the Alberton Post Office because many people said they didn't feel safe visiting the Fivwood hmm. Park one. And a few weeks ago on Hello Peter, Ben L wrote, we have a business post box at Panorama Post Office, which has been closed for more than a year. We've been told to collect our mail at the Para Post Office. It's extremely dangerous and people are regularly regularly." attacked in the area we pay for a service that we do not have how do we move forward um and so we primarily though we're talking about um post office that post offices that are closed suddenly no warning um by means of a chain around the doors that the the landlord has put put on because obviously the post office personnel have keys so when you see that chain then you know that something's gone horribly wrong and this was the experience of Sky who owns a niche art materials shop in Riverside Mall Rondebosch um, she's lost faith in the postal service after her major order of supplies from overseas about 26,000 rands worth was held captive inside the Mowbray post office so obviously when I chatted to her and, and sadly she didn't want to come on air but she she is a she gave a very colourful, um, vibrant account of, of, of her experience. Yeah. Yes, I really wish she'd joined us, but I'll try and do justice to her story. She brings in a lot of low-value items in bulk, such as charcoal pencils, and she's done her, her investigations and going through a forwarding agent or courier just makes it far too expensive. She couldn't sell the products at the, at the, at price, the price that she would have to, to yeah. put on it. So the post office has been her only cost-effective way of doing so. And she's been doing that for about five years now. And she said in recent years, she's, you know, the the, the delivery time has been is stretched to three months. So she knows to order <laughs> so she in just advance. lives yeah. with that and she, she builds it into her business and she puts the order in three months in advance. Um, at first, she was lucky enough to have a post office branch right opposite her. She did literally four meters away from her o- across her own shop front, yeah, in the mall. But that closed down due to non-payment of rent in 2020. That was so the Rondebosch post office. Was it yeah. the Rondebosch post office? Yeah. Okay, so so now she's stuck with the Mowbray post office. So this, listen to this: on the 24th of June, she received a collection slip from that post office for her long-awaited um, two boxes of stationery from Italy. I think it was. Um, the collection slip was dated the 29th of May. So in other words, her parcels, those two big boxes, had been sitting in Mowbray Post Office for almost a month before she knew about it because that collection slip took that long to be delivered to her. <laughs> that was my experience this morning, actually, Wendy. Oh. I received a registered letter notification, went into the Flaberg Post Office this morning to collect it, and they said, oh, well, this has been here since the middle oh. of July. As if it's your fault. Yeah, um, and very kindly handled, very professionally okay. by the staff. She took my phone number and she said, Yo, we'll attach your phone number to these details so that in future you'll get an SMS yes. because you cannot rely on the delivery mm, of the slip. Exactly. Well, that's a tip that we've shared on this show yeah. before. I remember doing it in 2019 when, yeah. yeah. And you must always tell the sender to put your cell phone number on the outside of the parcel so that you can be contacted. But when the post office admits that they yes, cannot be relied they upon no, to send out their own, own delivery slips, Wendy, I mean, really. 
Okay, so, so there we go. So, so she immediately phoned. Nearly a month later, yes, she phoned. And she okay. thinks, oh, goodness. I mean, you know, they send things back. They don't keep them forever. So she got on the phone immediately, asked if her boxes were there. Yes, she was told. And she stressed all through our conversation how wonderfully friendly and accommodating and helpful the staff of the various post offices that she's dealt with have been. So that's a plus. But she said, the woman said, yes, absolutely, they're here. She checked, yes. So... Early the next morning, she goes to the Mowbray Post Office to find the dreaded chain on the doors. And the number that she had called and spoken to that woman on less than 12 hours before was no longer working. So she couldn't uh, contact anyone at at, uh, the post office's head office. So she did some sleuthing. And long story short, I don't want to drop anyone in it, but she she got hold of a a higher up in the post office. she established WhatsApp contact with him, and how lovely, you know, these these officials give out their their, their personal but, cell phone. Yes, yeah. they do. Um, and finally, two weeks ago, he told her that the Mowbray post office was open. Remember, she got that slip, the notification on the twenty fourth of June. So she's been she just waiting, waiting until two months. Yeah, twenty fourth yeah. August, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, she raced there. She got her two boxes of supplies. And as I say, she said all the staffers were amazingly friendly. And, and the people that I've spoken to her that have been in her situation, one of them in Durban, said exactly the same thing. In fact, the man that she'd been dealing with when her parcel eventually arrived and it had been sent to the wrong post office, um, some 30 to 40 kilometers away from her nearest one, they actually arranged um, transport for it to be sent to the post office near her so she didn't have That's to drive kind. all yeah. the way back in again. So those things like that, those are the pluses. But the upshot is that Sky says she's... Not sure if she wants to try that again. And she said, because I can't think of a scenario in which this gets better. The, the less people trust the service to to, to deliver to them, the, the, the less likely they are to support it. And the less chance, therefore, there is of the post office being able to pay their various rentals around the country. Mm. So, Wendy, I mean, uh, thankfully, Sky's situation is finally resolved with no small amount of help from that one individual who was prepared to, to stick his neck out a bit and, and tip her off when, when the doors were open. Yes. But you took this up with the, the post office because the Mowbray Rondebosch situation is not the only one Definitely that's going through not. this. So my question was, how many post offices in South Africa are currently closed? Um, temporarily, one hopes, due to the non-payment of rent. And how many have permanently closed in the past three years? The answer was, um, where a post office is temporarily closed, the normal practice is to move the customer items in the branch to the nearest alternative post office so that customers can collect their items, which we we saw in, in Sky's case. Outlets that are five kilometers or less apart are merged, and that's happened to 301 post offices in the past three years, leaving... At last count, a total of 1,200 post offices open countrywide. As for the big (laughs) question of the hour, how many post offices are currently closed? They currently have that chain on the doors because the the landlord has shut, sorry, has put that chain on due to non-payment of rent. That number stands at 34. 34 of them. So think about the real estate of 34 post offices. Think about the number of parcels that sit inside 34 post offices and then then and what uh to use that word that i hate that corporate word what inconvenience mm. frustration anger despair that is causing for all those people and the staff that are just trying to do their jobs and most of whom remain incredibly helpful and upbeat yeah. when i mean can they be getting their salaries regularly uh, don't if you know. can't pay your rent what else um, is not being paid you yeah. know yeah it's so sad so 34 branches around the country haven't paid the rent. All Come. right.
currently. That was a week or 10 days ago, so it might have changed. But, you know, as one opens again, to, for a bit, there'll be another one that's got the chain on the door. So that's the number we're looking Okay, so that at. is the scenario. So if you arrive at your post box, uh, post office and there is a chain around you the door, the you chain. know it is not it's a the, it's the routine landlord. closure. It's the landlord literally locking the post office yeah. out because they haven't paid the I did hear that in some cases um, they the post office manages to negotiate with the landlord to at least let people come in and get um, their parcels but that often that is not that they, they just won't um, they want the post office to be under severe pressure from their customers Obviously, yeah. you know Okay, thank you for the update and Sky, so glad that you finally got your boxes after all the months of waiting. Uh, thank you for alerting us to the issue as well. Uh, Wendy, last week we were chatting about um, Disney Plus and many complaints from subscribers about their difficulties, not with the content on the platform, but with the actual accessing of that content, streaming difficulties, lots of buffering, even those who were on really um, uncapped high-speed Wi-Fi saying that they were, were uh, battling. I believe you had some further feedback from Disney yes. after the show. They were very proactive in getting hold of me because I had said I would follow up on some issues, the main one being the issue of refunds. So yeah. there's there's a case of, as with all the holiday bookings and all, the, all of that, there's a, two different scenarios. One, where you cancel of your own volition because you don't want the service anymore, you don't want to make that trip. And so those are um, the, the company itself um, introduces a certain set of uh, terms and conditions around that. Then you have a different scenario where there's a problem with the goods or the services, which the CPA covers You know, in the first six months. Yeah. If there's a defect, and I would say inability to, to download um, through stream. no fault of yeah. and stream through no fault of your own, um, would, would fall into that category of of um, refund of um, yeah of, of of cancellations rather, in which case you should be entitled to a full refund, not a pro rata, because mm-hmm. you, you haven't cance- received the, you haven't the received what you, you, what yeah. you signed up for exactly. Yeah. And so I was going to follow up on that aspect. So I did get this proactive response from Disney, and well done to them on that. Um, so here they want to point out a few things. The device and browser compatibility list is located in the help section available by clicking on help and settings on the home page of the Disney Plus app. Customers are encouraged to refer to this list if they are uncertain if they have a compatible device or browser or to call our help center for advice on whether the device is compatible as part of our development roadmap. Roadmap. We are working on continuing to expand this list of compatible advices. And importantly, you don't have to be a customer to go on and do that. So you, before you sign up, you, you can, can go on and check if your device, if your, if your hardware is going to be compatible and you're going to be able to get what you're paying for. Okay, so the you're going on their home homepage to help and settings to yes, find the compatibility list. Okay, so that was the one issue that people weren't able to stream because the device that they were watching or attempting to watch on wasn't actually compatible Although, with the platform. If you recall, we had a number of people calling in or WhatsApping us to say, "We've got, I've got the latest Brand iPhone, new I've got the latest TV. smart TV, whatever, and I still can't do it. Um, about the cancellation and refund policy, uh, Disney Plus says where a customer signs up to an annual subscription but has had a change of heart or decides to emigrate, the benefit of the annual discount is deducted from the pro rata refund. With regard to customers who have experienced product-related issues, such as the one we were discussing last week, poor quality feed, for example, complaints are handled on a case-by-case basis, including providing a pro rata, I suppose that's refund, refund, or where possible, a full refund. Where appropriate. Where appropriate. Yeah. I don't know. Where I, I read appropriate and said possible. Where appropriate. I would have liked some more detail on what's appropriate and what isn't, but certainly I would say, in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, that if you've got the latest um, hardware, there's 
There's no, no reason conceivable why it reason. Work. Yes, and it's not. Then most definitely you are entitled to a, to a full, full refund. refund. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then finally, they just said we've seen a significant reduction on some of the issues raised by by our subscribers as we've worked to resolve and improve their experience. We will continue to address the issues raised as quickly as possible and roll out new updates to the service. Thank you very much, Disney, for that additional feedback. If you missed the original conversation, it is still available on podcast on the Cape Talk website and in the app. Okay, that's that wraps up the sort of prepped bit we had for you. So if anybody has an open line question, we've got about eight or nine minutes in hand where we can take some open line calls to 021-446-0567. You're also very welcome to send an SMS to 31567 uh, or a WhatsApp to 072-567-1567. Yeah, very pertinent WhatsApp, Wendy, saying, how funny, my electricity and rates account arrives on time every single month without fail. It's just everything else that goes missing. Mm, that's, that is very that interesting. Is. Isn't I've it? long since given up on getting those utility things um, via post. So I wasn't aware of that, but clearly, I would be hearing from people a lot more if they weren't. If that if they wasn't the case, them, yeah. So that's an interesting one. Maybe I should have a word with the city and say. I wonder if there's some kind of priority kind of, arrangement. There must be. Yeah. There must be. Can I read a, a, an email that I've just Please received? It might apply to others. You know, there's many collectibles that the checkers does. The, they've, the, they've, the, what are they called? So the the, the um, Oh gosh, little little, little shop, little shop, little shop. Yes. yes, I think it's on its third iteration, and this time they're at pains to say it's all recycled plastic. And they, it, everyone remember it was the pick and pay stickies first that took a heck of a lot of flack. Yes. It was pick and pay, I think, with the because they were plastic, yes. not recyclable, and it backfired on them a little bit because everybody was as much but as the kids. The kids loved well, them exactly. There were questions being asked. Nobody wanted so, non-recyclables. So yeah. Desiree writes, I want to bring this urgent complaint and to your attention and for your intervention. Um, she says you spend, you get these mini collectibles if you spend more than 200 rand. Well, my grandchild started this collection and was unable to collect and was able to collect quite a lot after her mother spending thousands of rands at checkers just to get the minis for her. But last Saturday, my daughter spent much more than 200 rand at checkers and was told no more mini collectibles available despite still being advertised by, on TV by checkers. <coughs> um, can you investigate or inquire? I certainly will, but I just wondered if any other listeners had had a similar so experience. So the, the shop has actually run out of stock, in other yes. words? Yes. And I mean, um, how does that work? Do you get a? Do you get a? You should. You, you should get a little thing to say. Well, you at your next shop, you'll be entitled to double. Keep your till slip. I don't know. I'll ask checkers, but I just thought, of course, um, I will. Just going back to their their PR statement that they sent out when they launched the latest little shop iteration to see if there's an end date to it. Because Wendy, it strikes me maybe the campaign is coming to an end at the end of then, August, and they they've not maybe kept but stock levels up. Mm. Um, I'm just reading here. It says 24 new collectible minis, all made from 100. percent recycled plastic and responsibly sourced paper um, they're including okay the, the recycled goods they're made from include discarded refrigerators water bottles and goggles as well as responsibly sourced cardboard and paper the collector's case is locally made and also 100% recyclable um, any unwanted or duplicate little shop collectibles can be donated to educational institutions via special collection boxes in stores well our neighbours are simply posting on the whatsapp group I've got a batch if anybody wants them they're in the post box kind of thing Um, this campaign runs from 25 July until stocks last is the wording in their email and that was sent out on the 25th of July so it's quite new it's a month it's a month in apparently stocks might be drying up
Maybe. I wonder. But then it shouldn't be advertising it anymore. So that's that's another. I haven't thing. seen any notification of of it coming. You know, a formal declaration that the campaign is coming to an end. So I wonder if anybody else can relate to I that experience thought, of of being told, "Sorry, we haven't got any left." Give me some more intel before I take it up with checkers. Okay, if you have, yeah, pop an email through to consumer at nola k n o w l e r dot c o dot z a. Wendy, what I will do is mail you that statement from their publicist in case you want to follow up Thank with them. You. You've got the person. Um, responsible to to deal with directly and uh, we'll see if we can get an answer for you next week uh, to the person who said that as to actually how long the campaign is supposed to to continue for um, in your mailbox right now, Wendy. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. Uh, any other open line questions? 0214460567 is the number to dial, or you can leave us a WhatsApp on 0725671567. Um, we have had a lovely email in from a listener overseas pointing out, um, I think, a really great idea, and it's one I hope we'll be able to pick up on about. Um, Fruit and veg that doesn't uh, quite yes. tick the box on looking appropriate for the Woolies production line, for example. Not to single out Woolies here, but John wrote to me about a concept called wonky fruit and veg. Wendy, he tells How me that overseas there is a very deliberate marketing of the slightly misshapen. So the cabbage that grows a bit squiff or the apple that's a little bit non... Yeah, well, what's the word I'm looking for? What um, you'd, you'd find in your family orchard. Exactly, example. but wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't tick the box to yeah. pass, pass muster for a beautiful, perfectly rounded peach, for example. Yes. There you can buy those items at a discount. So he says, for example, a 500 gram pallet of red grapes is normally £2.50. Wonky red grapes are £1.36. Wonky strawberries are about two thirds cheaper than the perfect ones. Um, and while there is not much wonky fruit on offer, there's quite a lot of wonky veg, from potatoes to carrots, onions, Courgettes, avocados, and peppers. Most wonky veg retails for about one to two thirds of the normal price. Depending on the supermarket, these fruit and veg items are described either as misshapen or perfectly imperfect. I love the idea. I, 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 I totally uh, Particularly agree. given customers changed financial circumstances, I could see huge demand for the option of and buying. And also just the, the anti waste. Apple and the anti food because, waste. Because. Yeah. Anyone who's tried to grow their own fruit and vegetables, even herbs, will tell you that they don't grow perfectly in, 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 yeah. in, in many cases. And so, we could, well, the supermarkets have created this problem, it must be said. Of demanding. Of demanding the perfect thing. And yes. so, they reject um, the the not the wonky stuff. Yeah. And, and then it must find another market and in some cases be go to waste. Because they couldn't Which is just a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Where people are going to bed hungry every just, night. Yeah. Well, it kind of holds hands with my um, obsession with um, food that's passed its best before date. Yes, shelf-stable food that's been yeah. thrown away. So a lot of it is around perception. And I, I think the words, the wording, the wonky and all of that actually kind of now making this more palatable for yeah. us, uh, you know, to, to kind of get our heads around and get it at a discount, win-win. So I'd love to know if anybody is aware of any stores that are already actively offering that. Somebody who's got a relationship with a farmer, maybe direct to shop and goes, okay, the perfect apples cost however many rand, but if you're prepared to take the apple that's a little bit bigger on the left-hand side than the right-hand side, you can have it at a reduced rate. Is anybody doing that already in South Africa? If you know of them, please pop us an email, either to me, pippah at capetalk.co.za, 
or to Wendy, consumer at nola.co.za. And hopefully we can do a little bit more digging into this one in a later show. Before we say goodbye, Carol is on the line from Kenilworth. Carol, I believe you have had some words with checkers about the minis being sold out. What did you find? Good afternoon. Hi, they said that they have sold out the mild exceeded uh, supply. They order in advance. And they said they have put signs out every single shop warning people oh. there are no more many so that people have the choice as to whether they want to come in and shop or not and furthermore uh, what's the other thing they said um, yeah the campaign was supposed to end on the 4th of September but oh. and then I challenged them on the adverts on Cape Talk <laughs> and they said it does say um, until, until stops last, last. Okay. okay, Carol, just, thank you so much for that call. Appreciate it because that's exactly the info we were looking for. I've just yeah. realized that I did a 60-60 shop yesterday and um, whereas before the previous shops came with the, with the collectibles, little mini things, whatever you call them. Little shop, yeah. Uh, they didn't, didn't, come, didn't yesterday. come yesterday, no. Okay, so it was meant to end, end on the 4th of September, but they've run out of stock well in advance of that, a few days in advance. So do keep an eye on the signage outside the store as you arrive. If it is particularly important to you, you'll have to do some calling around the stores to find out who still has stock. Um, Wendy, we'll wrap it up there. As always, thank you so much for the time and effort you put in on behalf of our listeners. To the, to the 20 or 30 people waiting for the SABC form, just let me do the school run and then I will send it to you after everybody's back home a little bit later on this afternoon. Wendy, we'll chat again next week Wednesday. Will do, Pippa. Thanks.